You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, Waste Not. We discuss food waste and the ways in which household action can bring global change. We're interested in the way that households can help feed everyone in the immediate family, as well as help ensure there's enough food for our hungry human family across the world. It's my pleasure to welcome back Mr. Vimlendra Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization Liaison Office for North America. Welcome, Mr. Sharan. Thank you, Peggy. Mr. Sharan, you've dedicated your life to leadership in food and agriculture and to advocacy helping farmers. Thank you for your many, many contributions. Canada has a food reduction challenge for business, and this will definitely help, but a lot of food is wasted at the consumer or the household level, really meaning in our own homes. What are some of the strategies the FAO has seen across the world that has helped reduce food waste? First and foremost, uh, I think uh, we need to really compliment Government of Canada for coming out with this uh, new uh, food waste reduction challenge because it was it was a long overdue and uh, with nearly fifty uh, percent of Canada's food supply being wasted, uh, I think uh, it's extremely important that uh, the governments, just like the Canadian government, take initiative to. Uh, bring that down. So annual uh, food that was wasted in Canada and which is avoidable waste is, is a staggering figure of $49.5 billion. So it's it's something which was much needed. I think the challenge has uh, a different uh, challenge streams and uh, A and B have been launched. And I think uh, two additional uh, challenge streams on technological solutions, CND, will be soon launched. So I think we are very excited to see how it all comes about and who does win the challenge on the innovations and uh, technology. So it, would, it will be a good, uh, a good case study for the world to see and emulate and follow because this, it's, it's something which is happening everywhere. Different governments have done and taken different uh, uh, steps uh, uh, USA has a reducing food waste initiative and they have a thing where businesses can join and agree to halve their waste or by 2030. The good part of the uh, USDA challenge is that you can join by yourself, you can uh, announce your own baseline and you can announce your own progress. There's no uh, auditing or there's no inspection, so to say. So it's all self-motivated. You have uh, practices differing in different parts. France has come out with legal penalty against food uh, waste. Uh, Korea is uh, uh, charging you on the weight of the trash that you throw. So you as a household ensure that you do not, uh, that you trash minimum possible. So different countries are looking at it in different ways. Uh, Denmark has some very uh, forward-looking initiatives. And uh, we, we need to bring all this together. But having said that, we have to understand the context in which we work. Every national government has its, or, or every country has its own cultural, political, social context. And some policies may fly somewhere, some may not. So I would not say that there's any one good practice. 
I think we need to study country by country, even within bigger countries, even um, you know, uh, state by state, and uh, form appropriate policies to reduce food and waste. But uh, one thing is definite that food loss and waste must be reduced. And uh, whatever strategy works best for you is what you need to uh, come up with. Let's take the example of developing countries. You will need to work more on science and technology and innovation to ensure that losses are reduced in, in processing and in storage and transportation. In the developed countries, perhaps you'll have to work more on consumer behavior because a lot of food here is wasted at the level of the consumer, which is totally avoidable. So you can work on consumer behavior, change patterns, and uh, ensure that less and less food is wasted as we go along. Wonderful. I think that's incredible advice to the listeners to be aware of what's happening, not only in their communities, but in the nation. And we're a multicultural nation, Canada. So many people have family members and very close individuals to them living elsewhere in the world. Talk about it. Find out what's working and find what works uniquely for your household and how you can contribute to the broader context. I know this. Steps could be very, very simple. You know, you could ask for smaller portions. You could, uh, you know, you can love your leftovers. <laughs> work with them. You could shop with your uh, mind and not with your heart. You could go shopping for food, not on empty stomach, but when you're full so that you do not, uh, you know, end up buying. And you could love. You should understand that the nutrient in the food is inside the food. It has nothing to do uh, with the look of the food. So the aesthetics uh, could take a secondary, if at all, any role. You know, these are very small steps which every household can take. Wonderful. And, and I think they'll save a lot of food. Fantastic advice. And I hope listeners take heart to the things that you mentioned and also start talking amongst their friends and other people on tips and tricks on how to love the leftovers or to shop with uh, on a full stomach so that you aren't buying a lot of things. I know I've fallen into that. So I personally am going to accept the challenge to try to do things differently. So once households do start to save um, money, because that dollar figure that you provided is what purchased food, which almost creates food insecurity because then there's not more money for food when it's purchasing food that's wasted. But as households start to reduce food waste, we don't want food backlogging on the grocery shelves. We need a coordinated approach. And there's ways that households are going to have to support farmers, supply chain organizations, and governments to get this food redirected. Do you have any tips for individuals to pay attention to or places they can find information in ways that we can coordinate this redirection of the food? Yeah, sure. But on a, let's also look at this problem on a, on a more macro scale. On a very micro scale, mm -hmm. uh, your neighborhood shop, if you stop buying from that neighborhood shop, if everybody stopped buying in the same quantity, there might be a ripple effect. But when you look at a macro scale, you have demand for food somewhere. You have supply for food somewhere. They are not matching. Right. So to ensure that food is not wasted, one of the most important ways also is to match the supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And that is something which will come uh, when you really come together as a globe, as one nation across the globe and decide for yourself that this on this earth, we're not going to waste food. And because every ounce or every kilo of food wasted also is waste of resources, also is waste of manpower, waste of 
biodiversity is also impacting climate change. So we need to understand all this. And at a macro level, when we look at the food systems in totality, this aspect will go away. So uh, your consuming less because now you're wasting less will not translate into a supply-side problem or will if, if adequate policy measures are put in place. And there are policy measures which can. So you won't find that the poor retailer is suffering because you have stopped wasting food. That's not how it happens. Mm-hmm. So it's not that simple. But yes, you could help. Every person can help. First and foremost, as I said, at the household level, take the challenge. You reduce your uh, waste by 50% as you're asking governments and countries to do. Let's start with you. Let's reduce our own food waste to 50% of what we do today from a baseline. And let's see if we can do it over the next five years. And that would be a fantastic achievement for the household. Beyond that, you are always a member of the community. You can uh, come together as a community and ensure that, you know, take measures that the community reduces the food waste. You can come together as a university, as college students, uh, to ensure that there's no food wastage on your campuses. Or if there be food which is not used, you do donate it, you tie up with food banks, which can then distribute it further down the line. Beyond the community, some of you would be players on a, on a state level or a national level. Be very aware no matter what work you're involved in, that food waste is a crime. And be very aware about that and contribute in whatever measure you can, in whichever forum you can. Talk about it, contribute towards reducing food loss and waste. And unless and until we all really become a part of this, uh, I don't think we will succeed in reducing food loss and waste to expect that governments and government policies and municipalities and uh, uh, mayors and uh, such like will do it for you or for us. I'm sorry, but that's not how it's going to happen. And we have to create adequate positive noise around this issue for it to really uh, take off and become something which all of us work for uh, with a passion and zeal. And that can happen. It can. I have seen uh, so many success stories and so many campuses and communities and offices where food loss and waste has really been reduced now by half, by much more. And it can happen. You just need to put your heart, soul, brain, everything behind it, and you can work wonders. That's such a wonderful message of agency, Mr. Sharan, because we can start to feel very small when we see the numbers, when we think of the significant need across the world. But the reality is everyone can do something and that uh, it's, that's almost like inertia, an object at rest will remain at rest unless a force greater than it moves it. And Absolutely. we each individually need to be that force greater than this. And um, I think that that's a very hopeful message and thank you for, for um, helping us see that perspective. After the break, we'll hear more from Mr. Vimlander Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization for North America. He'll share his expertise on global food waste and the ways in which households can come together to ensure there's enough food for everyone in the family here and across the world. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, Waste Not, 
We discuss food waste and the ways in which household action can bring global change. We're interested in the way that households can help feed everyone in the immediate family, as well as help ensure there's enough food for our hungry human family across the world. We're speaking with our very special guest, Mr. Vimlanda Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization for North America. One of the purposes of Food for the Future is to add an arts and humanities spirit to the current food dialogue. And Mr. Shran, your background is in economics and policy. And I'm wondering, as we work through the economics of redirecting to where food is needed, you talked about innovations. I'm wondering if you're aware of any social innovations or policies that are underway that'll help preserve culture and identity in all nations as we do start to either work towards trade deals or other economic um, devices to get food where it needs to go. I'm, I'm so happy that you brought this up, Peggy, because uh, food has a humongous, huge cultural context. There is no food without culture. Right. And I would say there is no culture in the world without food being an integral part of it. You can't take one out of the other. So we have to remember that one size fits all will never work in this sector. You have to be very conscious of food systems and differing food systems in different parts of the world. And you have to respect each one of them. You cannot come out with a a solution which fits every situation. It won't happen. So having said that, we have to respect each and every culture and its food habits. North America would perhaps be most familiar with indigenous people. Indigenous people, for them, food is religion. For them, food is their culture, and it is an integral part of their being, and they have their own indigenous food systems. So, yes, there are a lot of, uh, there is a lot of work happening. Within FAO, for example, we have this program called the Globally Important Agricultural Heritage System, in which we actually preserve ancient, traditional, rural agricultural systems in their culture, in their uh, context, to ensure that the biodiversity, the resilient ecosystem, the tradition, the innovation, we don't lose out on them. So uh, we have more than 60 such systems in 22 countries now, which are being preserved. And we are learning a lot from them. We are innovations, modern science is important, but we have to remember that traditional knowledge is equally important uh, if we want to really rid ourselves of hunger and poverty. Let's not demean uh, what our forefathers uh, left behind for us in the name of uh, modern and uh, forward-looking science. Extremely important, modern science research, extremely important, but so is the tradition, so is the culture, so is the custom, because this is a very, very, uh, uh, food is very much integrated into human society and culture. We cannot and should not try and take the two apart. Wonderful. As I heard you give that message, I was thinking that food really is an extension of identity and therefore needs all of the respect and dialogue and treatment that every part of diversity, equity, inclusion dialogue that we have. It's such a creative and integral part of the way we animate life. And so I'm really happy to hear that United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization is working on the social dimensions as we reduce food waste and distribute what we need to across the world. Fantastic. I wish there was so much more time. There isn't. We're near the end. Is there a final message, Mr. Sharan, that you'd like to leave our listeners with about food waste? Our final message would be love your food for sure, but respect the food that you eat and respect the uh, people who toil uh, extremely hard to make sure that the food reaches your plate. 
uh, when you shop, shop wisely. And uh, when you eat, eat frugally. It'll be good for your health, no doubt. And also good for the health of the planet. Uh, as we spoke, every uh, morsel of food that you waste is actually taking a morsel out of the mouth of a very poor and a very hungry child. Keep that in mind. And also remember that every ounce of food wasted is uh, a waste of a very, very valuable resources, which is diminishing as we speak. So love your food, respect your food, and ensure that you are not party to the crime of uh, wasting uh, food. That's a really powerful message. And I think that everyone will take that to heart. And I think what a wonderful balance of science and humanity in the dialogue today. And I think we need both to find our way out. And so thank you very, very much for your insight and your um, inspiration, really, and your very personal responses to the questions that I asked you. Thank you. Progress has its problems, and we may have a long way to go, but I'm inspired by our conversation today, Mr. Shranit, the amount of dedication and planning and action that the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization has coordinated. And I really believe that change starts with hope and a good plan, and you've brought both of us to those uh, of us who are listening in today. So thank you very much sincerely for your purpose and for the work that you do. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. Today on Food for the Future, we've been covering part two with Mr. Vimlanda Sharan, Director of the United Nations Food and Agriculture Liaison Office of North America. Our topic has been global food waste and the ways in which we can bring change to humanity right from our own homes. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how can your community come together and reduce food waste? Something to do? Browse the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization's The State of Food and Agriculture 2019 for all the statistics about Canada and other countries in the world. Next week on the show, it's city farming. We'll discuss home growing and the ways in which families can connect to the soil and humanity while contributing to a flourishing food system. Our guest is sustainable backyard farmer, Lella Bloomer. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbrae Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.